Is this thing on? <clears throat> this is Artscape, an investigation into the artistic and cultural landscape of our region, with your hosts, Katie and Harold. For the next hour, we are going to take a journey through sound and storytelling. This podcast is brought to you by CFUV 101.9 FM, located on the unceded territories of the Lekwungen and Wasanic peoples, created with the generous support from the BC Arts Council. Join us as we uncover the people, happenings, and organizations that make up the artscape in which we live. Test one, two, three. Sounds pretty good. So, Katie, self-taught or education versus self-taught? That's the... No. No? That's not the conflict at hand. Institution versus self-taught. I mean, I think that's the core of what we're talking about. I see. Institution versus self-taught, right. Which one do you think is the route to a successful arts career? It's interesting because if we want to make it personal, I went to college and I went to, I took two different programs. I did like photography, which is very technical, wasn't very art related but then they were Mm -hmm. like okay well if you want to you can use your two years in photography to do like a fine arts program and I was like yeah like I really love fine arts and I feel like that's been missing so went into that and started doing fine arts so my third and fourth year were with all the fine arts students when I'd been in this very like technical realm with my photography okay and then you know they were like oh you you know we're doing this articulation with this university and you can have a degree Ooh, fancy and i'm like well i only have to take another year okay sure why not and you went for it i went for it but you know what i actually think that i've learned way more doing the whole like self-taught route really yeah Hmm. that's my position I see but wouldn't you say that the education allows um, for you to gain some really important skills for an artist like learning to write grants learning how to present yourself in a professional way um sure but actually me doing it in the field like I started to work at this art gallery and I actually got the job from volunteering there. Mm. You know, I learned way more from actually doing the grant and failing and also succeeding at it than I ever did doing this like mock kind of grant situation in school. That could be, that could be, hmm. But can you even get art shows if you if you don't have the education on your CV, the the BFA and the MFA, I, 
I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's prerequisite for a lot of galleries. I'm gonna cite Sean Shepard. He he's a self-taught artist in Victoria, and you know what? He started his own gallery. He runs Polychrome Fine Art, and he didn't need other institutions to prop him up. He started his own institution, and he had all these. He started presenting a bunch of his own work, and then from there, getting showing that he's had some shows and being very prolific as an artist, he got other shows in other places. Sure, sure, sure. Of course, there's some special circumstances where the talent speaks for itself. But I'm, I'm speaking more generally here, that an arts education is highly empowering and it's an asset and it's vital. It's absolutely vital. It, it gives you skills. It gives you um, competencies. It makes you way more professional seeming. And <laughs> Can I cut you off here, Harold? Okay. Sure. I would just like to say that there was a couple years in the last few years actually that I had a really hard time eating because of the amount of debt that I incurred mm. and you know I right. had five yeah. plus years of institutional history and I you know didn't have a job I applied constantly over and over I volunteered countless institutions just to get my foot in the door with my education mm -hmm. and you know what i'm still thirty thousand dollars in the hole right now that's not very much and but i mean that's over years of paying it off oh, okay i see but i'm sure you made tons of fantastic connections throughout your time in university i gotta say yeah but with lots of different curators and those are all from volunteering though Perhaps you wouldn't even have known of those volunteer options had you have not gotten yourself involved with a credible institution. I mean, I find this whole idea laughable because at the time I lived downtown and the gallery was actually about 10 steps, 10 to 20 steps away from my house. And you know what, to say that I needed this institution that was on the fringe of actually the city in which I was living in, it was actually quite far. It was like a half an hour mm. away while the gallery was actually like 20 steps away from where I was living. You know what? I didn't need that third party to tell me that I could walk into that gallery and sign up to volunteer with them. So, mm. Well, of course, there's pros and cons to every subject in life. Sure, sure. I, I, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be interested... Um, yeah, to, to perhaps hear from some different people that have gone the institutional route and that have gone the self-taught route and hear some of their reflections from throughout their career. Yeah, well, I, th I believe that what will be shown is that my perspective is correct and you definitely in no circumstance need the institution hmm. and it's just a big fat waste of money okay especially within art i will take that argument and introduce you to my good friend bill zook
like some tea or something like that? Uh, or would you like some tea? Oh, oh no, I'm yeah. quite all right, thank you. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. So we're here at Bill Zook's house, uh, located just off of Mount Tomey, uh, beside the University of Victoria. Um, thanks, Bill, for, for meeting with me and uh, for contributing some words to Artscape. You're welcome. I hope that uh, this project is a, results in a grand success. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, so maybe what you could do for me, Bill, is tell me a little bit about where we are right now and where, where we're sitting right now. Well, we're sitting in the dining room of our house uh, and, of course, on the one and I'm looking at a, a newly renovated kitchen and on the other uh, a computer and a large printer, the living room area, which has been <laughs> dominated in some respects by, by some of the things that, that I do in my studio. Certainly, certainly. And that is quite the large printer, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, so it's, uh, uh, I haven't made as much use of it as I should be. And I want to, and I, I need to have somebody uh, that will kind of work along with me to get this thing up and running the way it should. Mm. But it doesn't, it doesn't stop me from doing what I do because I'm involved not only in the two-dimensional area of the arts, but I'm involved in sculptural work and I'm involved in film work. So it, it doesn't stand in the way. Mm -hmm. Great. So, so about the printer there, um, what kind of printer would we call that's a large format printer of yeah. some kind? Yeah, it prints uh, uh, four foot wide pieces of artwork, but it'll create you know, 55 foot long pieces of artwork if you wow. want it. The other thing it's capable of doing is of course printing on various kinds of substrates, which means that it will print on cloth and print on other kinds of materials. And uh, I mean, I've always had some thought about um, printing on fabric, fabric which can be worn as sculptural pieces. And it relates to some of the things that I've been doing uh, with some ideas that come from uh, Mount Ptolemy, which, and we're right on the slopes of Mount Ptolemy here. Fantastic. So you, it seems like you've got everything you need here to, to get into some serious art making. You've got the renovated kitchen, the, the, the large format printer, computer, and a wealth of naturalistic inspiration at your doorstep as well. Yeah, and just, I mean, every morning we, you know, when we come into almost any one of the rooms here, we get a sense of what it's like outside because we're uh, almost up at treetop level. So we can see, we have a 270 degree view when we look out to get a glimpse of the Olympics from here, or the Souk Hills, or the Malahat, or the Dominion Observatory, and as I keep coming around, the, uh, even in some uh, cases we can see the, the mountains over in the Vancouver area. We can just see, we can see little tiny snow caps and so on. Mm. The only view we don't have is the sunrise, mm. but we can live with 270 <laughs> degrees up, obviously. So that really influences us from the, uh, from the interior of the house. And then, of course, 
Mount Ptolemy's right here, so it's so accessible. Ah, so here I was, nestled in the cozy home of Bill Zuck, Professor Emeritus of Art Education at the University of Victoria. He is also an accomplished digital artist, printmaker, and sculptor who has spent decades exploring and recording his ideas in a wide range of media. With over 200 published artworks, commissions, and exhibitions, Bill is recognized internationally as an artist, but also as an art teacher with 50 years of teaching experience. With a master's in art education from the University of Alberta, PhD in art education from the University of Oregon, Bill Zook not only teaches art, but he teaches how to teach art and did so at the University of Victoria for multiple decades, all the while acting as co-editor of the BC Art Teachers Association Journal. His accomplishments and involvements are endless. Bill Zook is the embodiment of art education and the wonderful possibilities and journeys that lie within it. What a better example to show Katie the true values of art education. I really wanted to ask Bill about his career. And when I asked him about his greatest accomplishments, I was greatly surprised. Despite all of his publications and exhibitions, he humbly tributes his greatest accomplishments to a period of time spent teaching, living, and learning in the high Arctic. So I, I'm going to ask you a, a broader question right now before we, we get into some of the more details. And sure. I, I'm just curious, in, in all of your career um, with, with UVic and in your own part, personal arts career, what accomplishment do you feel is the one that you're most proud of? Gosh. I think there's a variety of things mm -hmm. that, that have occurred. Uh, one of them would have been uh, my connection with the high Arctic and that third border of Canada. The Arctic experience, that, that, that north that pulled me, attracted me uh, early in my teaching career. Mm -hmm. and, and I spent several years uh, in the high Arctic uh, as a teacher. And of course, I was greatly inspired and influenced by the Aurora Borealis, but certainly the culture of the people. I was in an area called Iglulik, which was the richest archaeological area in, I would say, maybe even in Canada. And the, the ruins there dated back to, uh, to 2000 BC. So in, in middens that were just very, very shallow, you could find various kinds of artifacts. Mm -hmm. and, and you could find these artifacts uh, very readily. Mm -hmm. So I had my students involved in a rescue archaeology project because they were going to be bulldozing an airstrip in the area. And of course, I learned about the art and the culture and the early history of the people. And yeah, we were connected with the National Museum of Canada that project and the, uh, the students in my class became very aware of their local of the local history and I kept you know instead of running social studies programs by them that were really unrelated to their life from the south uh, I was able to kind of create a curriculum for them that was based on some of the things that related to their heritage I see. so I think that was that was a huge huge 
experience being in the Arctic for a number of years. And of course, I continued to make visits and do workshops and appear at conferences, you know, right through my university career. Uh, those experiences in the Arctic followed me right through my career. It, it, uh, it helped me to, it helped to connect me with the, with the, with the art. It, it certainly helped to connect me with the culture. So both art and culture were very significant in that experience mm -hmm. to this very day. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like a really meaningful time there and opportunity. And where were you in your education when you uh, moved up there? The very beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right at the beginning. I, I had, uh, I had a, you know, a closing in on a, on a Bachelor of Education, but it was a Bachelor of Education was more general in nature. Uh, and, and I think I realized that uh, with some of the experiences I was having there, I mean, I was seeing prints emerging from some of the co-ops that were there and I, I saw sculptures that were being created and it suggested to me that I should really begin to, in a formal way, look at what I could do to add to my experiences in terms of an art education, mm -hmm. in terms of studio courses. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that, uh, that really influenced me big time. I see, and, and that's what attracted you to go up north because you had, you had witnessed and, or seen some different um, pieces? From no, it was, it, was, uh, it was more of an adventure. Oh, okay. More of an adventure to begin with. It was okay. sort of, we need teachers mm -hmm. in the Arctic. And I went, well, mm. what a better place to go. Although some people would say, well, why would I want to go so far away to such cold places? Mm -hmm. And I viewed it in a different way. I went, what is happening there, and uh, who's living there? What are the people like? How how are they? You know, when I, I guess I saw I saw pictures of dog teams and igloos being built, and when I was there, it was still it was the dog team, and it was the igloo, and it was and the people that were there knew how to build igloos, and they were master architects. They could build an igloo. Two people building an igloo using using saws and snow, snow knives in the place where I was at called Igloolik, which meant place of igloos. They could build it, and I recorded it two years in a row. They were able to build it in under eight minutes. So it sounds like to me education's been this vehicle that's allowed you to, to travel up north and to have this amazing adventure up there. Yeah, well, the teaching experience. Bill had lots of stories to tell me about how his career in art education had taken him all around the world. But as our conversation developed, I began to sense some of his struggles. The truth is, it wasn't always that easy existing as an artist within the institutional world. Highly academic. Very little studio goes on at a, at a PhD level, mm. regrettably. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I've spoken with many artists who say m most of their time, once they get to a certain level, just goes into the writing and the research and preparation for grants and these sorts of things, yep. and so little into the actual creative time, which to me sounds kind of absurd, but I guess it's just the nature of turning 
the arts into a career. Well, even here at the University of Victoria, where I was, had, had been teaching for over 30 years, uh, it was always, I had to, I felt I was riding on a fence. Uh, I had to kind of satisfy academia with the writing and the pursuing grants of one kind or another. And on the other hand, I had to justify uh, why it was important to do studio. And I had to make sure that I was looking at things that dealt with equivalency. How is the studio experience equivalent to the writing of an article? And I would say, well, when I write an article, I try to get that article into a referee journal, which means that somebody who's judging the quality of the work mm -hmm. has to be at a high standard. On the other hand, I had to say, you know, look, there's an equivalent here. Equivalent is a studio, and I will be in juried exhibitions. And the juried exhibitions have, you know, a panel of judges and so on who look at the work and say, is it worthy to be in this exhibition? <clears throat> so I had to persuade people that my studio work was equally important to the other work that I would do. And it was what I call academic, the academic writing. Do you think that if you hadn't pursued education that you would have perhaps had more time for doing your own art things? Or do you think maybe that the education was informing your, your arts practice all the while? Or Yeah, I think, um, well, because it, I was destined to sort of, uh, be, you know, be on this career path, which, which went from, you know, a teacher in a school to... Um, instructor at the university and then of course you know the the ladder was was there for me to, to climb mm -hmm. and, and so it, it it worked out quite well it was a very it was a pretty a pretty smooth path clear path maybe not a smooth one but a clear one <laughs> yeah so I'm sensing that you still had plenty of time for your arts practice in in your bachelor and master's levels but it wasn't until the PhD that Maybe you had to step back. From I had to step back, and it took me a few. It took me a couple of years before I got back into it. Oh, why just, that? I, I think it was just it was a, a, doing work at the PhD level was just it was pretty intensive. It, mm -hmm. uh, it involved a lot of writing and, and clearing, you know, it, you know, working your way through editing and so on. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it just wasn't as much room to do this, to do the studio. Was it helpful to have sort of the university's backing um, when you would go to apply for arts Absolutely. grants? Absolutely. Oh, sure. Yeah. But m many of the grants that I had over the years, or that I was involved in with others, you know, through uh, collaboration, they often involved uh, art and cultural matters, and. Uh, often the, um, you know, the academic part of the university is really quite interested in the, in the cultural end of things, uh, meaning that uh, they, were, they were interested in how, you know, the dynamics of culture and how culture changes and so on, which didn't connect as, 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 as it maybe should when you consider the studio. The studios seem to be really quite different 
from that experience. Mm. But over the years, uh, uh, there, there was support. Once I was able to clarify to groups and committees and so on, I, I was able to, I, I think uh, the university, the faculty in which I was involved, they saw that there were exhibitions that were being held on a regular basis, faculty art exhibitions. There were uh, things that we were doing to take our ideas out into the community, to share some of these ideas or mentor you know, mentor people uh, you know, about about the studio. You begin to find ways to to support what you're doing in the studio, but it mm -hmm. takes but it takes it takes a while to mm -hmm. to sort of grow it and to and to refine it and nice. to convince people. Of course. What would you say to someone who says, I, "Nobody needs art school. All you need is time in your studio." Well, I think it depends on the nature of the formal experience. If you if you have a person who uh, who's able to listen and understand and can uh, help you to to uh, to grow to evolve your ideas, and I think that's where collaboration becomes involved. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not very often that you know, say with graduate students that there's a collaboration that takes place. But I know that collaboration is probably one of the, the best ways to learn about something that you don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's a best, one of the best ways for somebody to complement what you're doing. And it's the best way to push an idea mm -hmm. to its full extent so that it, it becomes way bigger than you ever had imagined. Right. Yeah, and that's, that's why in the right you know, what I've been doing with. Uh, I've always uh, been involved in teaming and collaborating in some way, and, and sometimes it's, uh, m more, it's, it's done more closely uh, with someone, and sometimes it's, it's just, you know, two people sharing. It's one thing to share, it's another for two people to come together in a collaborative way where they're bouncing ideas one off, off the other, and where the end result is you can't distinguish one person's contribution from the other. Mm -hmm. I thought I, I, if you elaborate a little bit on what we were talking about before, when you were when I approached you and wanted you to be in this inf interview and talking <laughs> to you about uh, formal education versus self-taught or yeah. an arts education versus yeah. self-taught, and and you countered that with it with the title of informal education, yeah. Yeah. and so seems like a lot of your education came to you informally yes. where a lot of it is actually self-taught you you or perhaps maybe you had mentors along the way or for example with a friend you were just mentioning who you collaborate with for your yeah. animation yeah I mean one of my earliest experiences with was uh, my uncle's influence uh, my uncle was uh, a master carpenter cabinet builder and inventor he, he invented the weed eater before long before it was ever presented commercially. You know, he, he created, uh, he used a uh, vacuum cleaner motor. And he, anyway, it was my uncle's, it was my uncle's influence. Mm -hmm. uh, just seeing him create, his mind would, was just working in some, you know, wonderful ways. And I guess he started me off on sort of uh, building, building structures and things. He would come out to where we lived and he'd say, well, okay, we're gonna, we have to build this 
this grain rain or we have to build you know, some other thing. And, and uh, I, I began to learn about tools, the hammer, the saw. You know, at first I was cutting things off at angles and he'd show me how to square things up and so on. So he was a tremendous influence in my life because I could see uh, creative ideas just sort of emerging from from you know from him and he, his his ideas were, were was not just one idea he was he'd create you know something out of this material and something else. and then he'd say well look what would happen if you did this with this material look what would happen if you if you took a young sapling a tree two two trees look what would happen if you tied them together or wound them around one another and then and then watch them grow and so in his yard he he create these walking sticks with trees that had been intertwined and in different ways and maybe five or six years you know before he could actually cut them down to create a walking stick but he, he was you know it was just all kinds of things going on in his mind so that was that was quite an influence seeing seeing um, yeah he was in a way he was a mentor he wasn't he wasn't telling me you should do this or you should do that in a particular way but I could I could see the way he was working with ideas and with things and that had quite an influence on mm, Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. When I was at the university, <clears throat> uh, I was able to, uh, I found this particular, this piece of jade in a pawn shop. It's really a paperweight, a little silver ring is on it. It was in the pawn shop and I, I was able to get a hold of it and uh, I was able to slab off several pieces in that night. I created enough jewelry and sold it so that I was able to pay my, my rent and my, you know, where I was staying at a, in a, in a kind of a college uh, residence. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've hung on to this because it's, wow. it's, uh, it's something that... That must uh, have been a big paperweight when it started. Well, it's several slabs have come off it. Uh -huh. and I was able to slice them and then create pieces that are similar. Yeah. Well, sounds like you've dabbled in pretty much everything. Well, I, as I said, this this is part of that evolution on the path to becoming a multimedia artist. Mm -hmm. So I was I just felt that it was that this is part of the informal experience. That this was nothing. I, I didn't. There were no courses that I took, you know, on, on, uh, in sculpture. There were no courses that I took in jewelry making. Although you know, there are many institutions that offer courses in that area. So the, this was part of that informal education mm -hmm. that uh, you know became quite important. Uh, Katie, I, I think we've been going about this all wrong. It's not institutional art versus self-taught. Everyone is self-taught, you know, whether you're institutional or not. And sure, institutional art education has its benefits and challenges. Yeah. What I'm really getting from Bill is that the real conflict is the real conflict here is formal versus informal art education, not self-taught versus institutional. Who came up with that? Hmm. Bilzuk is an institutional archetype, but he is also self-taught. Okay, well, this sort of ruins the whole trajectory of the episode, because if everyone is self-taught to some degree, then... Mm, hmm. Okay, Katie, I just need to leave. This episode's kind of but, falling apart. Okay, it sounds no, pretty good. No, I think I'm just going to go. What? I need to leave. But I'm leaving. Where? No, we're honestly, Harold, what? Where are you going? Um.
Okay, so I decided to go out on the town on a Saturday night and talk to some artists, random people, or anyone I could find about this notion of art and education, because I'm pretty confused, and I need answers, and I need to figure out where this episode is going right now. So I'm just going to go outside and just start talking to people, other than Katie, about education. Ah, but Katie's words are still in my head and I just can't get them out. I'm always with you, Harold. Um, are you an artist? Uh, Define artist. Uh, Do you make art and stuff? (laughs) Do you you make art? (laughs) Are you an art king? Uh... No. <laughs> you don't? Okay. No, I'm not. So, are you an artist? Um, yeah, in a sense, I guess. Hey, are you an artist? Uh, yes. Hi there, are you an artist? Yes, I am an artist. Are you an artist? Yes, my name is Graham Busada, and I play music under the name of Busada. Are you an artist? Depends. Are Sometimes, you an artist? Yes. Something I'd been resisting for a long time. My mother was an artist, and I felt like I couldn't be an artist and still have my own identity. So, so this is for a podcast about the arts and cultural landscape of Victoria, and um, I'm just looking and talking to different people who um, are artists. Are you an artist? Depends. Sometimes, yes. Yes? What? Yes. Yes. All right, the man in the red hat says yes, so I'm going to agree. Okay, good. good. And do you go to school? Um, no, I'm done now. Okay. I did. Nice. And how was that experience for you? Um, it was good. It was a lot, but it was good. Oh, Overall, just like a solid, a solid time. Yes. Superb. And yeah. so do you do you feel that you learned more about art? Um yes and no. I think I learned different parts of it. I think it's an, an institution like any university, so I learned that oh, part of it. Yes. Um it seems we all come I don't know, there are things that I went into it knowing that didn't change the way that I feel about what I do. So yeah, yes and no. Yes and yeah. no. That's groovy. Um, Super groovy. Did you feel feel like you you were listened to while you were... um, Did you have someone to talk to, to counsel with? Um, Again, yes and no. I think that there are certain uh, people who you relate to, obviously, like mentor-wise. But I think peers in terms of uh, same boatage, that's where you're all in, right? Like, you're all there. Um, So bouncing everything off of your peers, I think, was a lot more helpful than... Like than a mentor, I guess. I know yeah. friends are free. It's cool. super cool, and they don't cost That's thirty thousand dollars. So what? what was, just one last question. <laughs> one last question. Thank you guys for your patience in doing this with me. You? I appreciate it. My just, mouth is dry. Just wondering, um, what was the biggest take home for you after having gone to art school? The degree. No. Um, <laughs> it, it was a really good experience. I think. Like it was a. Four-year roller coaster. It was good. It was you learned some things. You like questioned some stuff about yourself. I guess. Um, biggest take-home though. I have a lot of actual stuff now. So that's pretty cool. No, the biggest take-home I guess would be 
the way that I think about um, art in a more institutionalized setting. Um, but it hasn't changed how I feel about art in the world, or myself in the world. Yeah, and that was free. Could you, um, <laughs> you don't have to actually introduce yourself if you don't mm -hmm. feel comfortable. You can just say that I'm anonymous, mm -hmm. and you can give a, a fake age. But what's mm -hmm. your name? It's Emma Brooks. And 22. <laughs> okay, so you're 22 years old. Which is not a prime number. Alright. Thank you so much. Super. Yep. My mouth is Do you want to do another one? I know. Emma, okay, so you, you want a formal education to be able to think about art in a more institutional setting. Alright, well that was interesting, but I need to keep searching. Hey, are you an artist? Uh, yes. Oh, what's your name? My name's Zane Vuchar. And uh, how old are you? I'm within the range of 18 to 26. Oh, I see. Young man. I'm a, I'm a young man. And what kind of art do you do? Uh, it's a mix of digital media and I guess under the umbrella term mixed media. So just using a lot of different things to create. And did you go to school for this? For a couple of years, I went to UVic um, to do an undergrad in fine arts. And then I left after two years. Oh, oh, you left, Zane. What made you leave? Probably the, the amount of money that it cost and the realization that I could do what I wanted outside of the framework that was oh, there without spending that much money, essentially realized I could do what I wanted without spending as much money. And what was that that you wanted to do that you realized you could do without that much money? It was anything. It was uh, like art shows or uh, creating, collaborating with other people on different things. Just being more a part of the art scene in the city, I realized, um, just took me actually being engaged in the city and not necessarily in the bubble of the university. Oh, yeah. Last question, do you feel like had you have stayed in art school, um, you'd be in any different of a place than you are now? Who needs the university? I would have had a degree. I would have had maybe more time to meet other people to work on future projects with. Um, I would maybe have a larger body of work, but not very much different though. Zane, formal education is just too expensive. Right, yeah, it's quite quite pricey. Okay, I wonder who else I can find. Um... Well, what's your name? My name is Anna Skirotov, and I make video art. And did you go to art school? I did, I went to UVic. Oh, cool. When did you graduate? I graduated... Well, I kind of graduated right now, like a week ago. Well, I'm still a student, but I'm done my courses. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And how was art school for you? I thought it was good. I've never known otherwise. I've only ever went to art school versus any other school. Did you learn, like, technical skills and stuff like that? Um, 
I think I had support in learning more technical skills than I already had, but I don't think it was ever taught to us. I think I, I think they gave us resources if we wanted to pursue it on our own time, but that was basically it. So you had to kind of learn on your own if you wanted to learn how to do like use a certain camera or use like uh, video editing software. It's like, up to you to tackle that, which I think is okay because I don't know I can learn things on my own when I want to. Self-taught. Yeah. So was anything actually taught to you, or did you have to figure it out on your own? Um, what was taught to me was what makes art interesting, or how to discern if something is exciting, I think. Because I think we can get caught up in what's visually pleasing versus what is what has tension or like a, like a guts to it. So it's hard to know what's, what's what until you get good at looking at stuff, and I think having people guide you in thinking about what you're seeing. People who've seen more than you've seen can help you understand what you see. You mean program yeah. you. I see. So then what you got out of going to the UVix art program was someone to talk to. I think, yeah, that, that sounds very minimalized. Like, I think it was more than that. But that is essentially what it was, was people who knew a lot about art when I didn't know anything, who could tell me what I was doing that was strong and what wasn't strong so that I could understand what, what to so do. What's this innate desire to want to make art? Uh, hmm. I guess that can vary for a lot of people. I think I just feel like I have a contribution from something that I want people to know about or like to know what I'm thinking about something. And also to contribute to uh, the canon, the art, the art canon as they call it. Yeah, I think that would be cool to have some ideas that I thought up be important one day. Yeah. And perhaps you have a better chance of making that happen with an arts degree? I think I think so, um, at least in this type of art, like the academic school, you know, the inst- institutionalized art. I think, you know, obviously going to an institution is going to help you get in that. Just, just the way I think if you um, were a philosopher or an English major, having taken an English degree or a philosophy degree would help you analyze literature or write literature at that level, I think. I think it's comparable. Yeah, maybe. maybe. So you're happy you went to art school. You don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. No, I think I'm so interested in art and uh, art criticism. And I think that kind of stuff uh, wouldn't be accessible to me had I not learned the lingo in art school. Yeah. I wish it was more accessible to people who weren't in art school, but it's kind of, it's a learning process. And in art school, they teach you that. So Expensive lingo. That's so great. Thanks, Anna. You're welcome. Thank you. Anna, an arts degree will help in the institutional world. Art criticism wouldn't be accessible otherwise. Okay. Oh, my name is Steven Bjornsson. I see. And who are these people you're standing with? Uh, this is my crew. Do you go to art school? Technically, yes. Why? It was... <laughs> it, was uh, it was an option. Okay. And I felt like it would be interesting to explore. What uh, what kind of art do you do? Um, I guess digital digital art. Um, my medium I would consider to be data and electrons and photons. Uh huh. And did you go to school for this fo- for photons and electrons? 
Um, sort of. I am kind of in school for it, sort of. And are you finding school is helping you with your art? Um. Sounds like he learned it on his own. I've never thought about it. I have no idea. Do you think that you could be doing the things that you do now without art school? Mm. Uh, okay, you know, like, if it's like, if this is like a all things considered equal sort of situation, probably, yeah. But I would say that um, going to school for what I'm studying has led me to a position that I could not have gotten to otherwise, and I would not have the ideas that I have without having the um, the challenges that were, have come from um, from art school, from from school in general. The sort of uh, situations that you are, that you're placed into the, um, by um, the university experience. So uh, influences, classes you're taking, things you might not have ever thought about get integrated into what you're doing. So, I uh, guess no, but yes. I see, so perhaps the facilities and the teachers are a bonus? Yeah, the resources really help. I think it's like, to me, that's the only thing I'm really interested in, is that um, the university has a lot of resources. And if you want to use them and you like or feel like you want to use your time effectively, then you, you use those resources to their fullest. You find sort of every situation that... Um, every advantage that university can provide you and you try and pull it out so you know do you feel supported at university doing your arts degree um yeah i feel like there's like a lot of people around that um it's like part of how i think the university culture works is that you're around like-minded people and i would say fundamentally there is support from that people that you know who are in, in school you're all kind of like um, schlogging together. You're all like working and like um, busting your ass to study stuff and to to learn and grow and expand. And so you support each other. It's, I think it it ha that's that's primarily where the support is. Um, there is a fair bit of support from like professors who do care. Um, and but ultimately, I don't think the I don't think it, I don't think universities themselves are particularly supportive. I don't think the structure of a university is particularly supportive. Steve, formal education provides all the great resources of the institution and helps with the expansion of ideas. I'm Meredith. Um, I've been living in Victoria for a couple of years, and I've just recently started um, in. September of 2015 at Vancouver Island School of Art. So um, I'm just in my first year there, exploring different mediums, trying different things, um, and just trying to get sort of a more well-rounded um, experience as an artist. So other than going to art school for the sake of having access to the resources and the media or the materials and stuff, was there any other reason why you decided to go to arts? Because it's really expensive and you could have it stayed at home very expensive. and made a, a big body of work and sold it and shown in galleries all the same. Absolutely. So. Um, I sort of felt that um, to... It, it is with sort of any program a way to meet people, a way to make connections sort of... Um, and I felt that for the most part self-taught artists are sort of ostracized by a lot of the art community. You won't show in galleries the same way 
um, and you won't really have the same tools of the trade. Whether that's true or not, I don't actually know. That's sort of just the impression I was given, was that you need to have like a BFA minimum to sort of succeed and sell yourself. Yeah. So fear. Fear, yeah, I guess. Fear you can boil it down. You can boil it down to that. Um, also, just I really wanted to, yeah, just expand my own knowledge. And um, I felt that I wasn't capable of sort of maybe just motivating myself to push myself to my furthest limits, sort of. The thing when you're working alone is if you're inspired by something, some sort of whim, you have the time to follow it, you have the time to explore it, and it can lead you to like your best ideas, these sort of mistakes. Whereas in art school, if you make a mistake, you're sort of just panicking because you're like, how do I fix this in order to make this acceptable to like pass this class? It, like, it definitely does come down to timelines and um, finished product, whereas the process is so much more important when you're sort of working on your own. And so I would say, yeah, um, it can feel a little contrived for sure. Just um, you're learning skills and so sometimes um, the assignments don't feel that inspiring. But in the end, um, you are learning skills. It is like any other sort of sport or, or music practice where you play scales, like you, you draw whatever, you know lots of just life drawings and it teaches you something even if you're not fully engaged in the moment. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Self-taught artists and formally educated ones are ostracized. You don't, you don't want to be ostracized. But you can't really follow your mistakes in art school. That's true. Kind of got to stick to the assignments. Okay, I wonder who else I can find. Um... Yes, my name is Graham Busada, and I play music under the name of Busada. How did you learn to play music? I think that I'm still very much learning to play music. I don't think that there's ever been a, you know, it's just endless learning. But I've definitely learned to play music by just playing music. Yeah, you know, yeah. self-taught, oh yeah. Trying to write music. Working it out. Did you ever go to school? I have, like, in high school I was in music class, so that was probably the last education. formal music training I had. But just what about in general? Did you go to university? I did, I did, yeah, yeah. But not for music, but for, but for I studied environmental studies. And then, but you, you ended up, are you pursuing environmental studies on the daily? I would say... That's like a life quest kind of thing. I see. I, w I wouldn't say that I. Yes. Where's I the think majority of your music? Where's the majority of your energy going to? I would say into music for sure. Did you ever take any formal lessons for music? I definitely. <laughs> see you, man. I definitely have taken. Um, I definitely have had musical lessons before, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Do you have any uh, 
any documentation of your musical um, credential? I don't think so, no, not that I can think of. So you never got a certificate or anything like that? I definitely, there's, there's definitely no certificates that I know of. A certificate, Harold? Do you feel like you'd benefit from going to, going to school for something like electronic music production or something like that? Uh, like, if I were to go to school for music, I think I would probably do like jazz guitar, jazz keys or something. I would try to like get good enough to apply to a program and then get really good on keys or on, on guitar. But you don't really, like, school is helpful. You don't need to do that to learn music. You just gotta practice it all the time. Do I want to make a living music playing music? Yeah. Like, I think I... That's such a hard question, man, because like so many musicians are making amazing music and, str and struggling at times. And so I, do I want to be a successful creative person that's able to create their art however they want and make money doing that? Like, absolutely. Like, number one, that, that would be an amazing thing to happen. Yeah, I definitely want that. Do you think that if you had gone to, like, school for your art, that you'd be better off now? You mean, like... Or yeah, Broker? I think the main the main way to grow and to develop as an artist is to have a community of people that are doing cool stuff with you, and in similar ways that you can like learn and bounce Friends. off of. Friends are free. And so, I feel like just going to school in and of itself is not going to make you a, a good artist. But if if a school you go to provides you with the opportunity to to meet and to collaborate and to do amazing things with other great artists, that's going to put you miles ahead. You know kind of helping to build a community for you you know and to have the resources and stuff to then make that happen but I think like when I think of my idols as artists like they had a, a crew of people or you know people that they hung out with and played epic music with and they just made the best music from doing it you know and I'm sure that they do have training but like it's kind of all fiction like this paying like tens and twenty to thousands of dollars to go to school it's valuable but like ultimately you gotta hang out with people that inspire you and you gotta really practice a lot so if you can find conditions in your life to make that happen I think you can go to school you know and like the certificate is not necessarily what's required Well, people were really not selling me on going to school, and the voice of Katie was just playing loudly in my head throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sensing some themes going on, certainly that money is a great hindrance to formal education, and that what we all really need is a community that we can work with, and that's probably the most important thing. But, I don't know, this just isn't really working. It's... I need to... I need to take some more space. Maybe I need to get off this island for a while. Maybe go to Vancouver. I think I could find a reason, an excuse to leave and make it seem like it's for work or something. And Actually, I think I heard this weekend that there's this CAGE symposium going on, the Canadian Art Gallery Educators Conference. Maybe I could go there and find some answers. Yeah, that's perfect. I, I, I'm just going to... I'm going to go there. I'm going to take some days off work um I, justin langlois is supposed to be doing uh, a presentation there about his free school 
That doesn't require you to pay. That's perfect. I'm just going to go to Vancouver. And you know what? I, re I really don't care what the CFUV or what anyone else thinks of that. This is just something I gotta do. I'm not gonna rest till I show Katie and the rest of the world that art school is the way to go. I just know it is. I, I, I feel it. So, Harold didn't, uh, show up for work today. I wonder where he is. Harold? Maybe he's, uh, in the other studio. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. No, no. He's, uh, he's not there. Okay, so... Maybe I'll just check my email. Yeah. Okay, so, well, it looks like he left town. Great. Uh, this episode is literally never gonna get done. Great. What am I gonna tell Johnny? Oh! I see, I see a note from him. Hmm. Dear Katie, I went to Vancouver to figure out this episode. I'm going to the CAGE conference. Be back soon. Hopefully. So there went Harold, embarking on a journey to figure out for himself the ultimate mode of art education, formal or informal. That is the question. Ah, poor guy. I wish he wasn't so hard on himself. This is a challenging episode for him. Harold is an art teacher and he works so hard to become one. So I think it is hard for him to admit that the self-taught route is superior. But you know, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to figure these things out. Well, I wish Harold was here to do this conclusion with me. You know, he takes education really seriously. And he wants to be sure this is a serious episode. But you know what? I'm quite proud of Harold for missing work and going against this radio institution for the sake of his own art journey. I wish he could see the irony there. In the meantime, I'm just going to keep channeling him messages and hopefully he finds his way.
Tune in to the next episode to see what happens to Harold in Vancouver. Or if he ever decides to come back to work. <laughs>